0: Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape podcast. You're listening to another great Four Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out FourEyedRadio.com. It's Morphin Time! Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. Oh yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Nice. That's what I'm here for. He's the wizard, after all. Oh, oh god, f- <laughs> but it's one of these <laughs> ones. <laughs> and all that goodwill right out the window
1: <laughs>
2: your
3: multiple audio streams <laughs> oh, that's what i get i
2: guess this is gonna be fun i can feel it <laughs> who
3: actually tweeted at him eric was it you who tweeted at at WonderCon on that panel it was morphicon, uh, morphicon. it was
1: someone else it was one of our podcast listeners oh yeah. okay. <laughs>
3: that's awesome
0: and now on ranger command power hour
4: Aye, 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 aye! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour!
0: Today on the Power Hour, episode 193, Ranger Command Interview, The Supermassive Team, recorded on January 7th, 2022. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. It's time to ranger up with your host, I'm Eric, also known as trekkieb b 47 Today we are interviewing the team for supermassive and upcoming one-shot crossover special with Radiant Black, which features the debut of Inferno Girl Red and the first appearance of Rogue Sun. First off, we got Kyle Higgins. He's the writer and creator for Image titles such as Cal, Hadrian's Wall, Ordinary Gods, and Radiant Black, the Ultraman series from Marvel Comics. And he also wrote for the Boom Studios Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series, including Shattered Grid. Next up, Ryan Parrott is the creator and writer for Rogue Sun, as well as other series, including Dead Day and Boom Studios Go Go Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and Mighty Morphin and. Power Rangers. Matthew Groom is the creator and writer for Inferno Girl Red, originally funded through Kickstarter, as well as the co-creator and writer for Self-Made and co-writer with Kyle on Rise of Ultraman and Trials of Ultraman. He is also a fellow Power Rangers podcaster on the Ranger Danger podcast and upcoming writer for Mighty Morphin from Boom Studios. And we also have Michael Basudol, designer and editor for Radiant Black, Ordinary Gods, Rogue Sun, and Supermassive. And he is also one of the co-hosts of Ranger Danger Podcast. Welcome, guys, to Ranger Command.
2: Well done. That was an incredible yeah, introduction, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Very, Very
3: nice.
4: Masterwork. <laughs> Matt, are you... I
3: probably shouldn't start with this. Are you... So, Matt, are you taking over uh,
4: Mighty Morphin? I'm on Mighty Morphin for some issues. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God.
2: And if anybody could go at home, could re listen to that introduction and see how many times the words power and ranger were in that. That would be a fantastic <laughs> thing just to say, yeah,
3: just
0: ding, ding, ding. Ryan's
2: written
3: a lot of Power Rangers. We don't we don't talk about Power Rangers all that much. But like no. at this point, Ryan has written like you you've written like a hundred issues, right? Yeah. If you
2: did the math, I think it's like a hundred issues. Yeah. I knew it's really sad is at one point I should have I should have talked to Boom and been like, Can I do a mighty, a Morphin, a power, and a ranger series all at the same time? Just four books? <laughs> yeah. Just really make it confusing. And you should do
3: the connecting covers where each cover is actually goes up in uh scarcity. So one's a one in <laughs> yep. ten, the other's a one in twenty five, one Brilliant. in fifty, one in a <laughs> thousand. That feels like a, a nice a nice cover gimmick, right? Yep. Yeah,
0: as someone who creates a variance, that would kill me. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's uh, great to have all of you guys on the show here. Uh, let's get right into Supermassive. So for those uh, listening to our show that may not be familiar, can you guys talk about your connection uh, through Power Rangers and working on Power Ranger comics?
3: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, this is all... Because of Power Rangers and the Power Rangers comics. In 2015, Boom announced that they had the license and I reached out to Bryce Carlson asking if they needed any takes for like backup stories. I figured they already had their main writer and everything figured out. And he said they were actually looking for a main writer. And if I wanted a pitch, um, you know, my name would come up. And so I basically looked at Power Rangers as I remembered not even remembered the show being, but remembered it making me feel and thinking about like, I don't want to do a retro book. I want to do a right now book. So what does that look like? What could you do with Power Rangers right now while still honoring the show that we all know and love? And also keep in mind what the licensing situation was then. They'd never done something like this. So it's like, how much can we get away with to start? Mm -hmm. But it was always in the spirit of Kind of doing it now with a little more groundedness and, and taking it definitely uh, emotionally a little bit more serious. And so from there, um, I met very early on Matt and Michael, who are the Ranger Danger co-hosts. And you guys had done several hundred episodes at that point, if I remember right. Michael, do you ha- do you happen to know?
1: Not off the top of my head, but I've got a spreadsheet. I can
3: answer that question shortly. Sure. <laughs> <Sure, please.
2: laughs>
3: and so I went on and did an, an early interview. Actually, probably Eric, you were probably active on Twitter at this time. I think right. the story goes that someone tagged me and asked if I would do an interview with you guys or Yeah, yeah. one of
4: our listeners was to tag you in a tweak like, Hey, Kyle, can you go on this podcast? And you're like, Yeah, sure
3: yeah and i just and and i usually especially then i usually didn't say yes to doing stuff like that i was a little burnt out on interviews and podcasts and everything and but (laughs) first i was like yeah and we got to talking and and then we just kept talking and we did the podcast for every issue of the power ranger run and then you know Daphne flevin the uh boom studios uh editor who runs all things rangers she was telling me at san diego she was excited she was going for a drinks meeting with a writer and i was like oh who and she's like, you don't know him, and you don't know everybody. And then she, go- I was like, okay, who? And she goes, Ryan Parrott. I go, one of my best friends went to college together, got him his first job in comics. She goes, God, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and so just total coincidence. Daphne was talking to Ryan about doing some Power Rangers work, and so then Ryan and I got to live out this like dream of a lifetime, building an event on a brand with characters that people are passionate about and had never really seen something like this before associated with, um, the brand. And, you know, Ryan and I used to spend all sorts of hours after college talking about comic book events. And, you know, Ryan really loves the Valiant image crossover. And like, there's so many things that like, and even choices that I've made like in my writing career, especially when it comes to building stuff like that and taking swings that come out of like, stuff Ryan has said over the years, like when I was starting out of like, and it really calibrated how I should be thinking of like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. you take that big swing over here and you do this thing and you look to like play with the medium and reinvent this over here. And and so when my time on Rangers was done, I had really found the beginnings of kind of my exploration of then larger tokusatsu because of again, Matt and Michael. Mm-hmm. And when we all did the Power Morphicon panel, like we came back to LA after that. And then and I think Matt, you were the one that described to me like, do you, do you know what the plot of a uh, Ranger is? And, and you explained to me like the setup and I was like, Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then we watched, we watched the first episode and I started kind of heading down that rabbit hole uh, more and more. And so when it came time and the opportunity was there to build an original superhero series and, you know, of course I'm glossing over a little bit. Sorry. Um, you know, Matt and I then went and did Ultraman with Marvel. And so all of this is happening all at once. And then Ryan is taking over power Rangers and, um, Michael is doing the boom rooms with Ryan for power Rangers and Matt and I are doing Ultraman at Marvel and super Ryan, again, building another type of big world and event, And it's just kind of exercising those muscles that all has kind of coalesced here with, Mm -hmm building these characters that are all very personal to us. They come out of both our prior professional experiences, but our prior personal experiences to certain extents as well, at least for me. And, yeah. um, it, you know, it just all feels like it's kind of come to a head. And so Michael has been, you know, the rock star as an editor and designer and all of those, the skills on the podcast and getting out however many hundreds of, how many hundreds of episodes were out when I,
1: Uh, You were on our like
3: 130th, about two years in. That's still not bad. That's a very, (laughs) and have you ever missed a Wednesday release? No, of course not. We come out every week.
0: (laughs) There you go. As a fellow podcaster, I really don't even know how he does it. Like, it's. Oh, we're, we're unhinged. Don't. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Truly. I, I cannot recommend it
1: for any other. You know, human they're still being. in
2: lockdown, right? right. <laughs> One might even call it magic. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you cast any spells, Michael? I hate all of you
4: so much. Oh, that's a dangerous position to be in to suffer the wrath of a wizard.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Especially a wascally wizard. No,
4: that's that's so
3: much less than it.
1: No, I'm not engaging.
0: So, uh, anything you guys want to add to what Kyle had
1: said? Oh, that felt pretty comprehensive.
2: Yeah, I do remember when I remember being uh, in Santa Monica. We were at like a drinks thing, and we're downstairs. I was going to my car. I think I was sick or something. And I remember Kyle was like, "Yeah, I'm thinking. Of, I'm pitching for this comic book version of Power Rangers." And I remember thinking, going. Power Rangers as a comic book is that gonna work? And and like <laughs> of course I nodded politely. It was like yeah no this is great I love it. Not knowing literally a year or two year later my it would be my entire life and I just yeah. it was a very odd moment. And then I remember turning around and having a ticket on my car and I was like well we can wait and pitch oh, the whole thing. Oh yeah. I remember that. No <laughs> yeah, you
3: asked me I wasn't pitching for it. you asked me what the what story you were doing. Was. That's right okay yeah because yeah. we it was Something the aftershock like that. thing that we had just we had just come down from.
2: That's right yeah I was deathly sick that day yeah.
3: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny how things happen and develop and oh, yeah. influences that ultimately stick and, um, and where at different points in your life is, and especially creative life, like what you're interested in and what you find, um, fulfillment and exploring, you know, Absolutely. so I would, I would not have guessed this is where I would have headed career wise, um, when I started, but I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity and, you know, to be making stuff with my friends um, at a really high level. Um, I think we're all pretty committed here. And I think that's, as Michael said, they're unhinged on the podcast front. Well, <laughs> pretty unhinged uh, across the board here as far as um, the amount of stuff that we are trying to execute at a, at a very high level.
1: You people have no idea the messages I get. Truly, <laughs> Every day, Kyle's like, so I had lunch with this person i'm like are we doing something with them because like yeah i've got this wild idea that we might be doing it happens to me all the time truly twice a week it's a lot That's yeah awesome.
3: the lunch this week was a good one yeah
1: yeah i'm excited about that thing that we
4: might do with that person mm-hmm. <laughs> spoilers the only thing i'd add in terms of sort of paringer connection is that i think this relates to sort of Kyle's moving out from ranges into the like Sentai world of experiencing stories is that there's a pretty big difference between Japanese tokusatsu and Western interpretations of uh, tokusatsu, in that, especially in the shows, I think the comics are, are a different thing, but in the shows, they're about protecting the status quo. It's like there's external force and they're trying to disrupt things. Let's try and keep everything normal. Whereas tokusatsu is very different it's not designed to run indefinitely it's often a year's worth of story that's about one core specific problem and their attempts to do something about that problem and i think that in today's world where for lots of people the status quo sucks having superheroes that are like we're just going to make sure nothing changes Actually isn't terribly exciting and appropriate. Um, so I think we've kind of lent in our own ways into that idea of like, let's try and make stories that are about something, whether that is in some ways on the societal level or the personal level or some interaction of the two that are trying to be progressive and forward-thinking and yeah, Mm -hmm. have a very specific core. That's different from let's just make sure everyone's safe and nothing is any
0: different ever. Excellent. Moving into uh, more into Supermassive, can each of you guys give a basic introduction for uh, your particular characters in the crossover?
3: Sure. So uh, my character is Radiant Black, uh, who is Marshall uh, at the moment. And he is a, how would I describe him? He's a transforming hero powered by a miniature black hole. And he's probably not the guy that you would vote most likely to become a superhero in like his high school (laughs) yearbook. And I I know that because he still lives next to his high school and uh, he's, you know, he's 30 and hasn't left uh, his, his hometown and he inherited the radiant black powers. I said right now he's radiant black because he inherited them from his best friend who had come home after chasing his dreams and epically failing and falling very far into credit card debt. And that guy found the black hole first and was powered, but then a building fell on him, you know? <laughs> so Marshall's just trying to do the best he can and things are about to get a lot more complicated for him. Is that fair, Michael? Is that a, Oh yeah, that's fair. But is he, is there anything else I need to mention as far as, uh, I mean, no, we, think... we described the, we described the book as like it's power Rangers with adult problems. Mm-hmm. Like compounding interest rates and <laughs> credit card debt and like it's about becoming a superhero in your 30s only after chasing your dreams left you emotionally and financially devastated and you had to move back in with your family. So it's 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 millennial uh, mo- millennial heroing.
0: I like that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, does that go next, Ryan?
2: Yeah, I'll go. Sure. So rogue sun in supermassive. To specify is a man named Marcus Bell who has been broke Son for probably twenty years or so. He's one of the oldest of the heroes in our group, and he defends New Orleans from. He's a traditional superhero in the sense that he tra- he defends New Orleans from the from the forces of the supernatural. Um, and that's kind of his uh, that's sort of his his thing. But um, through uh, courtly of course of events, he sort of gets pulled into to the events of Supermassive and having to leave Super uh, New Orleans and sort of gets involved with Radiant Black and Inferno Girl Red in a different way. He sort of is the tee up to the series because, and I won't say any more than this because I I have spoiled stuff before and I won't spoil anymore because <laughs> I just keep ruining this thing. I'm like Tom, I'm like, you know, I'm Tom Holland just messing things up here. But uh he is not necessarily the same rogue son you're gonna follow in rogue son number one that comes out the week after.
4: So Inferno Girl Red is Cassia Costa. She's a teenager who is had a hard time in her life, but gets a chance at a new start, uh, at a very ex- exciting opportunity in a new city called Apex City, which is a fantastic place to be. And shortly after she arrives there, the entire city is ripped out of existence and hurled into darkness. And she gets an opportunity to do something about that when she comes across the power of Inferno Go Red, uh, which is a sort of like a grand cosmic power. And It's a story that is very much about what is it like to be a teenager in today's times where you're coming of age, the time when you're supposed to be planning your future, but also the world's future looks Mm -hmm. completely, you know, bleak and like it may not exist. How do you have hope when the darkness is unrelenting and what does it cost you to hope enough to try and change the world? And when we are in Supermassive, we actually see Cassia... A little bit after the events of Inferno Go Red book one so she is Inferno Go Red she is something of a fully formed superhero so we get a bit of a glimpse of the person that she's gonna uh, person that she's gonna become mm-hmm. uh, and in some way she's kind of like the thing that kicks off the story because she arrives in our universe um, somewhat inadvertently because she's out there chasing something and ends up popping through the reality barriers and that causes some trouble for everybody and then chaos ensues.
0: Excellent. So if someone hasn't jumped into this universe already, is Supermassive a good jumping off point? And I know Radiant Black has been out for almost a year now. Is this a good time even for someone who hasn't even experienced Radiant Black yet?
1: So I think what I would say is Rogue Sun and Inferno Go Raid, It's not possible to have read any more than Supermassive yet. (laughs) Like both those books will come out after Supermassive. So the, the intent was that this is a great place for you to get started on those. I hope that people have been reading Radiant Black. If they haven't, I think we will establish right up the front enough of his status quo that you will understand who he is and what his deal is and you will have a great time. And then hopefully that will bring you to... Radiant Black Volume 1 and 2 or the series that continues with Issue 13 beyond that. Issue 13 is, I think, a great place to start Radiant Black after Supermassive. Uh, Starting a new arc, we're bringing some new problems in for Marshall and complicating some parts of his life that haven't been complicated yet. Uh, I think, yeah, if, if this is people's first time and they're like, hey, this all sounds great, there's two volumes of Radiant Black already out. Or you can just jump right in at Supermassive and then keep going from there.
0: Excellent. So, when writing a Supermassive crossover like this with three different writers, how do you guys break the script? Do you write for your characters' voices and connect it all together? And what are some of the challenges of that?
3: Well, we all started on a Zoom, kind of just talking and riffing and exploring and talking about. The kinds of influences and the kind of, you know, crossover and event that we wanted this to be and to feel like. And, and then all inevitably, you know, somebody ends up throwing out something that becomes an anchor that you start just kind of like building plot on. That's pretty much what happened here. From there, we put together a big outline. Matt took the first big swing at an overall outline pass. And then we all kind of went back and forth. And refined it. And then we did breakdowns and then just divvied up the scenes and we all just wrote our pages and we wrote it fast. And so now actually, as we're polishing things and and getting it all ready and and final pages are coming in, you know, we're going to be doing passes for voice Mm -hmm. um, for specific dialogue and and things like that. So um, it's really been a, a, a great organic process and working with, with two other writers, it plus Michael makes a 50 page story makes it feel a a bit less daunting Mm. to, to tackle.
4: Yeah. And it's not like we were, um, I would only write Cassier and Kyle Marshall, et cetera, et cetera. We all sort of contributed to everything, but then of course we would all go over the story individually and be like, Oh, well that's not quite right for Cassier or Marshall. Let's move it in this direction. And I think it was actually kind of the, Kyle mentioned that I sort of had the first very loose like draft outline we, I wrote that and we ended up going like way away from that because when- Oh, did it, I didn't
3: even mean that one, but yeah. Um, it yeah. was like super early That's in the right.
4: process. And I think that we got to the end of it and it was just like not making sense for one of the books in particular, just like wasn't clicking for, for that. And in the process of figuring out like, okay, why isn't it working? Why isn't it serving this particular character? What do we need to change? We actually found a really important hook for the book. Emotionally, first, and then Mm -hmm. sort of like the story implications of that drove the story. And it was like the through line of the next outline. I think it made it like really strong. I think it's kind of a testament to the fact that this book, I think it's like very big and bombastic and exciting. um, But the heart of it is what does it mean for these three people as people to like bump into each other? Like, how do they change each other? What sort of influence do they have on each other? And what will that mean going forward for both them and for this universe? And then everything else is sort of like layered on top of that.
2: Yeah, that's one of the kind of the cool things about crossovers, I think, in general, as I was just thinking about what you were saying is like, usually when you write your own story, like you have your main character and everybody's around that character. So sort of support them in different ways, like add yeah. a different layer. Like that's the personal life and that's the romantic interest and that's the villain. And that's the you know, like they all sort of support your character and they all push that 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 uh, arc along. But what's which is fun when you do something with other characters are all main characters in a way is that it. it they're all they're already fully formed and so they you end up finding these really interesting parallels and um and motivations and maneuvering that you don't i don't think you normally get with like when they're in their own book at least that's how i felt when we did this
4: yeah i mean i think in some ways it simulates real life right in the sense of like you know everyone's the main character of their own lives and i don't care what your story is i'm not going to bend to your story because i have my own stuff going on that happens with these characters and the ways that they can't bend for each other creates interesting drama and conflict and drives story so it's a, it's a fascinating way to approach it
2: yeah there's an element in the book without spoiling which i always do there's an <laughs> element in the book that i hadn't actually figured out until we wrote a scene that I got to write and they, and I was like it just it was one of those things where like you know that that I almost swear, but that stuff where like you know they're like oh the, the character spoke to me well there was a moment where I was like you know the character yeah. would say this and I hadn't actually thought oh well that's something that's going to be and it, and it was kind of a big it's a big moment for 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 the mythology of my of the character I create of a character so I was like it was a fun moment and that's the fun I don't think I, I don't know if that had ever would have come up if had we not done the crossover so for me it was really helpful in regards to also when you're writing your own book at the same time it's like it's 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 sort of like bouncing off of it like jazz a little bit so
3: well and even like what where what rogue son is going to launch as and and you know my and ryan i'm sure we'll we'll talk more about that this event also serves as an opportunity to explore marcus uh rogue son and who this this man is that is a very important figure within you know the emotional kind of path of of Dylan and and what the core of of the series is going to be. So it ended up being um, a lot of fun to be able to very organically tell a really cool story with Marcus Bell.
0: I don't want to leave Michael out of this. So oh, that's fine. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but as you know, someone who also does graphic design work, um, yep. I'm very interested uh, to hear about your work from the design and, and editing side for not only Supermassive but. Uh, the other ones that you're involved with,
1: yeah. Um, I'm so I'm I'm editing Rogue Sun and Radiant Black and designing both Go Red. I, I I describe my role as helping out a bit.
4: Would that be fair, Matt? We <laughs> we came up with a title for you, and I can't remember what it was. Yeah,
1: I don't remember what it is was either. It it's been replaced in my no way.
3: You magic about to say it?
4: <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: magic wizard emeritus, <laughs> uh, page no. combiner. Oh. I think it's publishing. No, I- it's
4: archmage. Ooh, I Archmage. Ooh,
3: that's a business card. So
1: please don't quit <laughs> from a, from a editing perspective, it's been, I mean, I hadn't edited a comic before 18 months ago. And so it has been a, a long 18 months of picking it up from Kyle and from emails from people at image being like, Hey, do you have this? And being like, Oh, we need to have that. That's a, that's very important. But I feel like you know getting the hang of it, it's my job as far as editing goes is making sure that everyone else on the team can do the best job possible. So sometimes that means answering questions for them, helping them answer story questions or production questions or whatever. Sometimes that means making the spreadsheet so that they don't have to or sending the email so it's off their plate. Sometimes it means like you know, going out and hiring someone to do a variant cover so they don't have to think about it, all of that sort of stuff. And then the design is just about making sure that the book looks like how it feels. And that that only makes sense to other designers and people who work in design, oh, yeah. I think. But it's like, okay, so Ryan's book is it's it's kind of spooky. It's got a bit of a spooky edge to it. It still should look like a big superhero book because it's a big superhero book. But how do we make sure that it's got that tone and that feeling from the first page, which is the credits, before you get to the actual story?
2: You're so spooky, Ryan. I am spooky. Ryan is spooky. Just, just, to say it though, uh, and I, we I know we joke about the wizard thing, but uh, and this is gonna you're gonna you're gonna I'm gonna get maudlin here, so I apologize, but like okay, I hate you, it already. I couldn't do Rogue Son without Michael. Like I I don't I mean yeah, that same. sincerely. We couldn't Rady do Black. the books. Yeah, and your name's not like you don't get the name up top the co- on top of the title and all that stuff, but you do more work than anybody. I mean, I swear to God, there's like the times I call you and I'm like I don't know how to do this. You're like we already got it, man. We're good we're fine. I got it already taken care of. And so editors, if there's any writers out there who want to be, find a good editor, man, if you're doing your own book, you got to find a good editor because if you don't, you will go insane and your book will, it's, it's just not going to work. Like Michael does, he saves me for myself every day, which I, I think is a, a really helpful thing. to. See, that's, what,
1: that's what I said. That's, that's the job is like, <laughs> right. Look, these books belong to these guys and the, the artists and co-creators, but what ideally, what I would like them to worry about is making the book good, like writing great scripts.
3: Well, you're a part of these. You're part of all of these. I mean, you have Absolutely, an ownership but in all of them. Yeah. yeah.
2: You but know more I, about all these books than all of us do. I guarantee you. All I mean is like, I uh, like
3: that we get to be a vehicle for Michael to finally spread his wings and exp- <laughs> like show the world like what's what not
1: what's happening here.
3: Awesome. Like if he could do, here's how you actually do superheroes. Here's how you actually build a line of comics that look good. Here's how it should be done. And the fact that we're fortunate enough to just be the, the people, you know, making the stuff, it's cool. Cause you know, I feel like, I feel like a lot of designers have noticed Michael, um, and they've noticed, I hate that these books. Yeah. You know, there are people that are very aware of what Michael is doing on the stuff and, they're super into it. And I love seeing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So just a couple more questions. Yeah. What have you guys taken from your experiences writing for Power Ranger comics and maybe some of the other superhero s- stories that you've been involved in to help develop Massive?
3: Well, I would say first and foremost, I would say the two biggest influences for me on it were my time at DC doing I was a part of. This is right when I was starting. I was a part of, of the owls? death of the family event with, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. uh court of owls first with Scott, um, in nightwing. And that was very early on. Um, and so that we had a summit I Think for that. When I went to New York, if not that one, I definitely was in New York for the night of the Joker. Oh yeah. The, there was the, uh, a weather surge. And I, I had to do like the night of owls over like a, a long phone call. It was awful. <laughs> like a five hour phone call in the year 2011. But, um, Watching how Scott constructed a number of events in those days and organically found ways to weave in other titles, and it was never forced, you know? And so that meant by the time I got to Power Rangers, Power Rangers was then the first book that I had the more freedom to actually execute some of the things that I'd wanted to execute at DC, but for a variety of reasons just we weren't it just wasn't possible mm-hmm. um so power rangers was the first time and that meant included doing you know additional things like the big shattered grid short the live action short things like the live table read that matt and michael and ryan and i all put together for shattered grid live at power morphicon like that stuff we i get excited about that stuff and so now suddenly it, it was working in the book and the event and what we built in shattered grid worked and so we could do a lot of that stuff So the event itself though, all of that stuff of like going through the Batman, the the night of the owls and the death of the family in particular, and building that out showed me both what I liked about how, you know, Scott did some things and what I didn't like about, to be totally honest about other things. And so what was so cool is the second that Ryan and I realized we were going to be able to do it. It was like, we were not, I was not worried one iota. Like we've thrown and broken stuff. together for years and years and years and there was a little we did a little summit for the first time and we went in and remember this is where we came up with ranger slayer like who where ranger slayer was going to come in and who exactly it was like we firmed that up and and other things the name and all of it and i I, we at a certain point i feel like the editors were like they said something like wow like we didn't that it's like really smooth (laughs) like we weren't (laughs) we weren't really sure you know what to expect or like how it would go and and so that experience was not only something I'm in, and, and the work that came out of it, stuff that I'm very proud of, but um, it was very confidence building because once you go through something like that and building an event and managing, I mean, they had to make an infographic for reading order, you know, <laughs> like once you're down that kind of rabbit hole and, and you get through it and it works and you're proud of it, it makes doing it and doing something anything big just kind of it all seems possible after that
1: yeah i know from sort of my point of view like i i always want to be careful about talking about like how matt and i were involved in shattered grid because it was very much kyle and ryan and the team at boom running that show but being around a little behind the scenes and like watching that come together was like oh if they can do that we can do a one-shot crossover like that's They know what they're doing, and so we can we can do a little we can do a little one shot thing. Surely was it was it was it's nice to know that the guys who are doing it have done it before.
3: Have you ever do you know the basketball analogy about like if if a guy is having an off shooting night, like sometimes he just needs to see the ball go through the hoop, like go through the net, like Mm. so get to the free throw line, drive the lane, get a layup, get a dunk, get fouled, go to the free throw line, hit some free throws. Sometimes just seeing it, seeing yourself do it. Is like, it's so inspiring, It unlocks so many possibilities because, and we we were talking about this yesterday on another, or the other day on another interview, like in order to do comics, especially create your own comics and to do anything sort of significant, like big, as far as some of the kind of swings you take, you gotta kind of have that quality of like, just being able to see it and will it into existence. Yeah. And I think we all have that. But doing it successfully once is the, I think the 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 catalyst that makes you realize you can keep doing it.
0: Absolutely. And then uh, I just have uh, one more question. I know you guys got to get going to another one of these. So uh, this is specifically for Matt. You've gone from like a fan and and podcaster for Power Rangers, and now you're going to be one of the upcoming writers for uh, Mighty Morphin, taking over the reins from Ryan. We're still a couple months out from that issue, but can you maybe just touch upon how you came into that role or what might be in store for readers?
4: Yeah. I mean, I can say that Ryan is tremendously successful uh, to the point where he's tremendously busy. And I think he just needed a bit of a break. Do you think that would be fair to say, Ryan? Uh,
2: yes, I definitely need. I would know about the, success- the successful part, but definitely the break. Yeah,
4: 100%. So I think that there was just like a bit of a circuit break it needed. Um, so Daphne reached out to ask if, I'd be down to do a few issues on Mighty Morphin. And in terms of like going from Ranger Danger to writing Power Rangers, I think I have the tremendous benefit of the mountain of work that both Kyle and Ryan have done that I, I sort of like went all the way back through before I started. Um, and like in terms of how to do ranges right, I think I have a huge amount of uh, examples that neither of them had to draw on when they first got into it. Uh, I think the challenge I face, or perhaps the risk, is that I spent eight years throwing stones <laughs> at the TV <laughs> show in some ways, uh, and now I have to write some Power ranges. But I think that Kyle and Ryan have very specific styles and their own takes and have covered so many different corners of the universe that figuring out what my take was going to be in this, you know, little space in a way that, you know, still helped or didn't at very least detract from this like epic mega saga that Ryan is building has been an interesting challenge. Uh, and I think coming out of the Eltarian War, which is happening right now in comics, which is this like massive earth shaking event, uh, I saw an opportunity in sort of sifting through the rubble that comes out mm. the other side and <laughs> figuring out. I mean, like literally, literally, literally. figuratively, yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of rubble. Uh. Um, being like, all right, well, like, let's not just have a big event like that and then carry on the next day like everyone's great there's going to be a lot of logistical and emotional consequences and I think we're going to get to spend a bit of time on particular focus characters I think I can say because I think the solution, solicits are out that uh we're going to be spending a lot of time with Rocky and okay. sort of Billy Does he just out. want to have fun, or is it about the <laughs> always? Oh, that's all he, he wants, wants to have. Fun.
3: Always,
4: Rocky. Rookie, Rocky's got to have fun.
3: By the way, I have to interrupt and just say that Ryan saying on a live stream that he loves writing dumb characters is my all-time <laughs> favorite power official Power Rangers PR moment that I have, including any that I was a part of. It absolutely, because I didn't hear it; I saw it on social media. And I texted him and I was like, this is incredible.
2: <laughs> yeah. Tell the yeah. truth, man.
4: <laughs> I mean, it's been pretty funny actually, because I, you know, there, there are a few characters, like there's a big team, a big cast. Huh. And I was sitting there with some options before me and Adam was like right there. And like, Adam yeah, look, is like, Matt, we have so
1: many hours of recorded <laughs> Matt being like, I hate Rocky. I love Adam. <laughs> And then so Matt, I, Matt says to sends me a message, like, I think I'm going to do a Rocky story. <laughs> like, Are you okay? What's, yeah.
4: what's happening? I, was, I think it's just kind of like, you know, like a kill your darlings moment of like, all right, well, let's like, I'm gonna challenge myself and be like, let's try and find, well, not even find, because I think like there's been so much work that runs on that was like really great and but great setup. Like, Let's dig further into that, f- flesh Rocky out uh, even further and uh, see what makes him tick but do it in the typical like grand crazy uh, parents way. And then as like one final tease, I think there is one seed planted a long time ago that is going to come to beautiful fruition uh, that you may never expect. So, yeah. and, and I don't, know if this is the
2: right time to announce this, but Kyle and I are going to do a podcast where we read <laughs> Matt's issue, <laughs>
3: talk
4: about it.
2: I'm kidding. <laughs> we
3: oh. absolutely are going to do that. <laughs>
4: You're going to riff into it. I think it's totally
1: uh, fair. I will do all of the recording and editing. I will run that on of Danger. <laughs>
3: There's
2: no problem with making that happen. I'll sing an intro song. It's going to be great. <laughs> It'll
0: be the
3: front, front page of Black Market Narrative. It'll be a whole account takeover. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do an exclusive cover.
0: There you go. <laughs> You you heard it here first. So at the time of this episode's release, Radiant Black issue 11 is out now with issue 12 releasing on February 9th. Supermassive will be released on February 9th. Rogue Sun issue one will release on February 16th. And for more information on these titles, you can go to blackmarket.la. Kyle, Ryan, Matt, Michael, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's awesome to talk to all of you guys. Thank you. I can't believe it took us this long. I know. Matt and I.
3: Yeah. Wow. Wait, you guys have never done the. Yeah, Eric, been... why do you hate them?
0: I don't I hate, hate them. them. I, they are literally the only other Power Rangers podcast I listen to on the regular. Uh. <laughs> The problem oh.
1: is that in the last eight years, we've done 700 plus episodes of our own Power Rangers podcast, and it hasn't left a lot of time for us to appear on other Power Rangers podcasts. And I was hoping
2: you guys were like the shark and the jets here. That'd have been amazing the whole time. <laughs> when you're up. Uh... Yeah, if you just ripped in them the whole time, it's like, so what's it like to be the second best podcast about the Power Rangers? Yeah, <laughs> Go, go, Ranger Danger.
4: <laughs> Eric, I'm so sure I've been on the podcast. Am I losing my mind? I feel like I've been on for something.
0: No, you—you're you, losing your mind. We've—we've we've oh never done. Maybe I just like listened it. and inserted myself into the <laughs> podcast. I actually—I DM'd you probably last year. It was like, hey, we should do like a little crossover thing, or have you featured? But yeah, we, I know you guys have been completely oh, busy, but
4: in a mad year. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I guess I imagined
1: it. Matt just hears people talking about Power Rangers, and he's like, <laughs> "I guess I was involved in that."
3: Is <laughs> you with that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys awesome. so much. Thank you. Of course. Thank you, man. Always a pleasure. Thanks. All
2: right. Thanks, Eric.
0: Once again, a huge thanks to Kyle Higgins, Ryan Parrott, Matthew Groom, Michael Basudol for being on the show today. This episode was brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com/rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Charles D., Chris P., Steve F., AJW, Eric D., Jacob P., Steve M., Tyler B., Tyler W., Charlie N., Craig M., Liz M., Mason M., Kevin R., Steve R., Hassan A., Bo H., Leland D., Josh P., Derek G., and Teresa B. for supporting us this month. As always, you can find all of our links at linktr.ee slash ph as well as our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.com shop slash rangercommandph. Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, email us at rangercommandpowerhour@gmail.com, at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. Until next time, thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at Ranger Command Power Hour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks for listening.